The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Opposition to emissions reduction through herd cuts um, shows the kind of growing political polarisation there is around climate crisis issues where a lot of people in the farming community feel that the responsibility is falling on them to deliver on a lot of Ireland's climate targets. To discuss it, I'm joined by environmental journalist John Gibbons and Fianna Fáil TD for Tipperary and Chair of the Joint Oireachtas Committee on Agriculture and Marine, Jackie Cahill. Jackie, let me start with you. To what extent do you think the farming community feels that they are overburdened with the issue of climate change? And to what extent do you think they're sceptical about climate change? Well, I think everyone recognises that climate change, unfortunately, is a fact of life and that we have to change our practices in order to halt it. And, and, ho- and hopefully, you know, we've all seen the temperatures in Southern Europe this summer. So I think that really brought it, brought, brought it home to everyone. Um, farmers feel that they are being targeted. And it's not just, not just here in Ireland. We see protests in Holland and Belgium where their farmers have taken to the streets about the the focus that's put on, on, on agriculture. And, you know, they feel, um, and I think rightly so, that there is, you know, a thing of what, what you can't do in farming rather than what we can do. And there's an awful lot of things we can do as regards um, reducing our emissions, which won't impact on our ability to produce sustainable food. And that's the direction that the farmers I talk to want to take. They want to protect their production base, but yes, they want to make changes to their farming practices in order to to try and meet our 25% emissions targets by 2030. Now, Jackie, you say they feel targeted by a lot of the measures. Like what? Well, they just feel that there's, uh, you know, that any time that we're talking about climate change, you'll see a clip of cows grazing in a field or, you know, that there's no focus on, there's not the same focus on transport or other, other sectors of society as there is on, on, on agriculture. And they feel that it's taken as a soft target that if we cut our national herd, everything in the garden is going to be rosy. And, you know, that's most definitely not the situation. And, you know, cutting our national herd would have a very minimal effect on our emissions, on our, on our, on our emissions output. Output. So, you know, they just feel that they're not being given a chance to reach the targets on the 2030. Farmers are committed to changing their practices, whether it is, you know, greater use of clover, uh, you know, multi-species spores, reducing chemical fertilizer. There's a load of initiatives that farmers are undertaking to try and reduce their emissions. They want to be given, they want to see, um, they give those um, um, and compliance that are taken on a chance to work and see how well we do in reaching the target has been set for us by 2020-30. And do you think at the heart of it there is a sort of an existential concern for their livelihood? Well, you know, I suppose last year was a very good year for farming, while costs were astronomical. Um, you know, whatever sector last year had a very good year, grain, beef, dairying, all had very high prices. Um, this year, incomes are under huge pressure. The weather has, you know, we've got an awful lot of rain this summer. The grain harvest is under huge pressure. Grain farmers are really suffering with a reduction of yield, loss of straw, etc. Beef prices are dropping week by week for the last two to three months. And mid prices are down, are down you know, by, by about 40 percent since this time last year so all farmers incomes are under pressure from market forces at the moment but they feel now that you know they're going to be told to, to reduce their they, if, if there is um, restrictions put on their ability to produce they do feel really threatened and you know it's not you know you take now on the dairying side of things and, and the delegation I suppose is um, we have a delegation to farm up to 250 kilograms per hectare and that's hugely important to family farms and you know I have a lot of people who are trying to encourage 
is the next generation to take on the mantle. And if they're told that they're going to have to reduce their stock numbers by 10, 15, 20%, definitely you, you won't have young people entering the industry. And that is a huge concern. The average age of dairy farmers at the moment is 58. So it is an industry that needs an infusion of new blood. And if they're being told that you have to reduce numbers, that's definitely not going to be an incentive to, to, um, to, to, to um, commence dairy farming. Well, John Gibbons, let me get your reaction to that. The, the farmers already under pressure and with a sense that they are being overburdened when it comes to delivering on climate change targets. Yeah, certainly that's the perception, uh, Anton, that has been sort of presented, particularly through the farming press, this persecution complex. Now, I'm at this in the public space about 15 years. Now, for the first five years that I was involved in it, I practically never wrote or spoke about agriculture. And the reason, Anton, for that is that at that time, say from 2000 to 2010, agricultural emissions in Ireland per policy were declining slowly but steadily. Now, what happened subsequently was that the agriculture lobby, if you like, got their arm around the government and persuaded them to pursue an expansionist policy, particularly in the dairy sector. And that meant that after the milk quotas were lifted in 2015, which, by the way, didn't happen by accident. That is something that Ireland lobbied for very strongly at the EU level. So we, this, we weren't kind of passive in that process. We demanded that it be lifted and it was lifted. And interestingly, by the way, Ireland is really the only country in the EU that raced into dairy production after the, the, uh, the, the lifting of the, of the uh, limits in 2015. So we raced into it. Since that time, we've added approximately 400,000 dairy cows to the herd in Ireland. And we've seen the gross emissions across the entire agriculture sector rise by 19%. 19%. So emissions in one decade, because of a change in policy driven by the agri-industrial sector, has seen their emissions rise by one-fifth. So Jackie is correct. If your sector, whatever it is, transport, aviation, you name it, increases its emissions by one-fifth in 10 years, you're darn right you're going to have a target on your back. Of course you are, because your policy is failing. But that goes to that question of the existential issue. That means that for particularly the dairy farming community, the choice is stark. The choice is either follow the money, continue to export, continue to be profitable, or reduce herd size to deliver on climate change targets. Okay, let's take a step back. What farming is about working with the land and with nature. Now, Jackie talked about the average age of the farmer being 58 and what are we leaving for the next generation? What we're leaving at the moment for the next generation of farmers is degraded soils and water pollution. We've seen a huge rise in water pollution, which, by the way, in Ireland is directly coupled with nitrogen use, with excess nitrogen. Jackie talked about the derogation, the 250 kilo derogation. Let me explain to listeners what that means. That means that Ireland is just one of three countries in the EU which has which is negotiated to use nitrogen levels above the safe levels. The safe levels are reckoned to be about 170 kilos per hectare. Denmark, I think, is the only other country with, with, a, with a derogation above 200. They're at 220. We're at 250. So what we're doing is we're shoveling far more nitrogen onto our land than the land can safely take. Now, what is that doing for tomorrow's farmers, for the next generation of farmers? It is degrading the soil. It is increasing water pollution and it is creating huge emissions problems. And the people, by the way, and I think it's really important, Anton, to stress this, who are the people in the front line of climate impacts? They're people who work outdoors. They're farmers. 
Last month, July 2023, the wettest July ever recorded. March 2023, the wettest March ever recorded in Ireland. October 2022, the wettest October ever recorded in Ireland. Farmers are not idiots. They know that climate change is real, but they're being misled by their by their political leadership who are telling them that we can continue emissions and pollution as usual. We can't. What of that, Jackie, that in actual fact what might be happening is that the farming community is ransoming the future to pay for the present and that if you want a sustainable farming sector in Ireland, you race towards the environmental changes rather than avoiding them? Well, you know, I think it has to be recognised that we're one of the, probably the most sustainable producers of dairy in the world and um, you know, if, if 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 we don't do it here, it will happen, and the product will be produced somewhere not near so sustainably as we do here. And you know, they talked about we having a delegation. We're unique among European farmers in that our cows are out 300 days of the year, and our grass has the ability to absorb enough a lot of nutrients in order in order to produce uh, um, um, dry matter, and we do that extremely efficiently and extremely well. Yes, you know, we have again, farmers in delegation have, have committed to reducing their chemical fertilizer usage, and that can be done, and there's a recognition that it needs to be done. And like clover, multi species swords have a huge part to play in that. And tigers, thankfully, you know, are developing, you know, a lot of research around those, around that, and we've had various other, uh, you know, um, research centers focusing in on, on, on the use of clover and use of multi species swords. And yes, they can reduce chemical nitrogen. And farmers will react to that, and farmers farmers will will adapt to it. And you know, farmers in delegation um, have an awful lot of um, conditions attached to them, an awful lot of compliance conditions. And like we, there was a, a pilot project in in Timaleague in West Cork, where the highest concentration of delegation farmers in the country are, and the water quality is ha, has improved in that in that catchment area. And I think the reason it has improved is that the the compliance that farmers in delegation. Have have to comply with, and it seemed it seemed to be working on the ground. Like farmers, yes, um, climate change is important to farmers. Our green image is hugely important to us. We produce food, we market it all over the world based on our green image. And yes, farmers are committed to reducing their emissions. They're committed to improving water quality. They have spent huge sums of money on infrastructure in their farmyards as regards increased storage, 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 storage space, and they will continue to do so. And it's in farmers' interest that we protect our environment. And, you know, all the farmers that I talk to on a daily basis, they want to, 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 reach, to reach our emissions targets. They want water quality to improve, but they also want to be able to make a living. And to do that, they want to protect their, protection, their production base. If you've just joined us, that's Jackie Cahill, Fianna Fáil TD for Tipperary and Chair of the Oireachtas Agriculture Committee. And as he is talking, John Gibbons, environmental journalist, is uh, listening here in studio and listening with a fairly sceptical face, John. Yeah, it's hard to it's it's hard to understand how if this sector is committed to reducing emissions, emissions are going up. If this sector is committed to reducing water pollution, water pollution is going up. So this is black is white and white is black. And by the way, the policy that I've described here continues through Chagas with what's called its dairy roadmap. Uh, Anton runs all the way to 2027. And what is it? Dairy expansion, expansion and more expansion. Now, there's a very simple relationship between methane, which is the key uh, gas from ruminants, in other words, from, from livestock agriculture. As dairy output increases, Methane increases with it in lockstep. So you can have all the efficiency you like, but the methane rises with it in lockstep. Now, rather than 
addressing that fact and realising that the reason why agricultural emissions, which by the way are livestock emissions, there are tillage farmers, there are horticulturists listening to us today and this has nothing to do with them. They're being tarred at, at driving these but they're not. In fact, this is a specific issue with the livestock sector in Ireland. So I think it's very important and I would say the intensive livestock sector in Ireland. So if you're growing wheat or barley, you this are has, This conversation has nothing to do with you. You're not part of this problem at all. So I think it's incredibly important because you know the phrase farmers is bandied around to say, oh well, they're again the farmers. This is a specific subsector that has effectively hijacked government policy. We're only talking here about 16,000 dairy farmers. You take Chagas, for example, the, the Jackie referred to Chagas, the state uh, board that we put nearly 200 million euros of taxpayers' money into. The, the board of Chagas is chaired by a dairy farmer. Five of the 11 reps on Chagas are dairy farmers. The entire organisation has been set up to promote dairy farming rather than to look at solutions in a scientific way in my view. Let me put the crux of what you're saying to Jackie because one of the things Jackie that John pointed out was that thing of the if as you say there is that commitment to climate targets how do we end up in a situation where water pollution is rising and emissions are rising from the dairying sector how do you explain that? Well, um, I suppose John has been, uh, has left out that suckler cow numbers have, dra- have dropped very significantly over that period of time, and the amount of land that we have in the country is is limited. So, if dairy numbers increase, um, you know, um, beef numbers drop, and um, the actual fact that the cow numbers are roughly similar to what we had in 1984 in the country at the at the, at the time of, of that quotas were introduced, and you know, he referred there earlier. That you know we rushed into expansion. Uh, you know we were we we were late to the table as regards entry into the EU market when quotas were introduced. But why then and is we, why we, then we, are we, emissions we were, going up and water pollution going up? Well, when the water pollution has gone up, I think you have to examine the, the EPA report in detail and the way the EPA report has been assessed. And, you know, they tell us that, you know, we need to cut stock numbers in Leitrim. Uh, Leitrim, most definitely, is not a daring area. And um, they say the same for Donegal. So I think the EPA report and, you know, the way they're um, identifying reducing stock and threshold rates is flawed. And, um, you know, the, the but, framework... Sorry, are, are, sorry Jack, just so I'm clear, are you saying that you don't accept that water pollution... Levels are going up and that emissions are going up? No, yeah, but the, you take it that the, the, the EPA report says that you need to cut stock and rate in Leitrim. Um, no, know, but sorry, I, setting I, Leitrim I, to one side, do you accept that overall across the nation water pollution levels are increasing and emissions are increasing? The last EPA report saw that water pollution was fairly static across the country. And, you know, we had areas where water, where, where there was deterioration in water quality, but we also had significant areas where water quality had improved. So, yes, there's more work to be done, most definitely. But as I said, farmers are committed to more compliance measures um, to, 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 reach, to reach their targets and to get water quality to improve. And we okay. are committed to, to targets for 2030 where we're trying to reduce emissions. And there's an awful lot of uh, technology there that we can okay, we have that point, to try and reduce John, our emissions. I'll, I'll briefly, I'll give the final word to you. Sure, yeah. Um, Jackie, of course, also chairs the Oireachtas Agriculture Committee and uh, they brought in three EPA scientists to explain the science in great detail. And this is over a two and a half hour period. And uh, Jackie chaired that and basically they harangued and harassed the scientists and told them basically they didn't believe them. So this, if this is engaging with science, we're really at nothing okay, here. OK, well, uh, Jackie, I, I do need to get your response to that then because that's a fairly significant accusation. Jackie, do you want to come in on that? Yeah, we, there was intensive questioning of, of, of the EPA when they were in there 
we do that with other bodies that come into us. It's our, it's, it's, you know, as a committee, we wanted to get at the facts of the situation. This report is hugely critical for the agricultural industry, and you know, to, to for um, thorough questioning of the EPA, I make no apologies for it. We have had a huge reaction to this. I'll bring you some of that reaction uh, after the break. John Gibbons, environmental journalist, thank you very much. Likewise, big thank you to Jackie Cattle, who is Fianna Fáil TD for Tipperary and chair of the Oireachtas Agriculture Committee. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.